Hi, this is Cole. And this is Carly. Welcome to our podcast, Streaks and Shivers. This episode, we will be discussing American folklore from creepy New Jersey devils to Tommyknockers. So you were going to start off by telling us about the Jersey Devil? Yes, and I do apologize, guys. I said New Jersey Devil. It's just the Jersey Devil. So our story takes place in the southern part of New Jersey in an area that's known as the Lee, the Pine. Okay, so from my investigation, I got the Pine Barrens and also a point known as Leeds Point. So in that area, but it takes place in New Jersey. So our story takes begins around 1735. A South Jersey woman named Mary Leeds was giving birth to her 13th child at her home in the Pine Barrens when, out of exhaustion, she cursed the unborn baby. What happened next? The child was born with wings, bat wings, hooves, a tail, and a thirst for blood. Some, um, in some of the stories, it says the child, when it, when she gave birth, it came out of her and it was a devil, as I described it, and it flew out of the chimney but on other parts, it said it first killed the um, the midwife and then flew out of the chimney. And ever since it, like, it left, it's been terrorizing the Jersey area. Okay, well, that just sounds, that sounds ridiculous to me. Because first of all, are you telling me this lady was going to have a normal baby? And then while she's in delivery, she curses the baby. And that's why it's born a devil. Well, there's there's another tell that says during the Revolutionary War, this girl, I guess, sided with the British and the village or town cursed her. And then because she sided with the British or because she um, was cursed, she gave birth to uh, um, the, the devil, the Jersey devil. But I thought the tell originated like in the 1730s. Well, you get a, you get two different stories, but the main story that always popped up was 1735, Mary Leeds. Okay. Um, and then what exactly does the Jersey Devil do? So the Jersey Devil, let's first go through its, um, how it looks. I kind of described it, but here's a more accurate descri- or, uh, description. So it first has the head of a horse. It has long legs with hooves and two short front legs, and it can stand up and walk like a human. It has two bat wings, and it has red glowing eyes, and it likes to make screeching noises. (laughs) (laughs) So now there are descriptions that it can, it stands at six feet, but some say it, say it stands at three feet, and others say it stands at four feet. So you got a little mix match of how far uh, like how tall it stands now i just got to say i always thought the new jersey uh, not new jersey the jersey devil was had the face of a goat and i guess that's because of the you know the hooves but i was wrong it the horse head really throws me because i don't know why horse heads are just freaky horses in general are kind of scary animals have you ever been around a horse before yeah, I'm always, I try to avoid them because I'm worried they're going to bite me or kick me. Yeah, they're terrifying animals. So imagine something coming out of, and like this area, Carly, it's 
it sounds beautiful. It's um seven a hundred and seventy square feet, square miles, I'm sorry, feet, square feet, square miles of south um eastern New Jersey. It's an aquifer, so it's really pretty, really lush, really green, and it has dense white cedars. So could you imagine just being lost out there? And then this tall creature, or maybe not tall creature, either way, it doesn't matter, a, a humanoid person walking to you with a horse head and bat wings. Like, I don't know, something about that horse head's going to probably make me scream, and <laughs> I don't know if I'd be able to run away. So when exactly was the last sighting of this thing? Well, I will tell you the beginning, the beginnings of the sighting began in January 16th, 1909, when hoof prints in the snow on people's rooftops were discovered in South Jersey. Newspapers reported pets and chickens being killed by a creature, and some stated that it had, now then we get a little mixed up from the newspapers because they started saying the body looked like more of a kangaroo or a possum. But the horse head still stick. So we really don't have any idea what this thing looks like, except that its head is a horse head. Yeah, and it has bat wings. And it can get on your roof. That's kind of is terrifying. And nope. it can stand up. Now, now there's another report that it can also breathe fire. But again, we're just getting a lot of mixed information. Now, some people say that the, New- the Jersey Devil can cause your crops to fail your cows to stop producing milk. Um, it just essentially when it comes, when you see it or when it comes into your life, things are going to go south. So it's like a bad omen. Yeah, it's not a good omen. You don't want to see the Jersey Devil. No one ever has a good experience with the Jersey Devil. So, I mean, is this thing still around like in the on the East Coast at all? Are there still any legends about it or... Is it in any media that we know of today? So in the 18th and 19th centuries, the Jersey Devil was spotted sporadically throughout the Pine Barren region, frightening local residents and any of those brave enough to traverse the vast undeveloped expanses of New Jersey southern reaches. Now, there are stories that like um, after like it showed up and about people did try to like track it down with dogs. But the newspapers reported like the dogs wouldn't even try to follow the tracks. And when the people did follow the hoof prints throughout the snow, they would come to a dead end where it's like there shouldn't be a dead end. Like the animal almost took off and flew, flew into the sky. Um, as it, we continued, let me see the last time anyone ever saw the Jersey Devil. Because, you know, it's still reported, people still report that they still see it, but there's no, like, there never came an end to seeing it. Yeah. Um, let me see. I'm looking through my notes. Um, someone reported that they saw it in 1972. They were driving through the area when they noticed it. But they just noticed it in the rearview mirror. Okay. So it's just kind of like anecdotal. Yeah, like, and not of claim to see it. Yeah, it just terrorized that area during the um, during January sixteenth, nineteen oh nine, and that's when like the newspapers were reporting it, and both sides of the Delaware River were reporting it. 
Um, there is a first article was in January 21st of 1909. Headline is, what is it? What is it? And visiting all of South Jersey. Hmm. Yeah. I think, I won't lie, like, I know it just showed up and then kind of disappeared and now people speculate and people say they see it. But I wouldn't be surprised if there was something living in that area because there are pe- um, people have investigated and there are locals who truly do believe in it. And they are very um, quick to protect it because not not protect the creature, but protect the, um, the folklore <laughs> because they believe like people modernizing it and like turning it into cartoony and gimmicky are um are essentially like bashing it or um what is it called when you um when you don't respect something i guess that's what it would be like they're not respecting it enough they're not giving it like the honor it deserves yeah they're kind of like trampling all over the ideal and they feel like they're being mocked when it, to them it's something that's real and alive in the woods and who's to say it's not real and alive in the woods um so didn't you say there's like a mascot about it or something yeah one of the schools um i can't i don't i i didn't look into it because again i didn't want to kind of go in that direction of making um a mockery of it because you know if people truly do believe in something I don't want to step on their beliefs or their ideals yeah no I understand that and I mean we know like all across the United States and the world everywhere has their little folk tales their their stories their little monsters or creatures that aren't fully explained and you know I will say the Jersey Devil is a really popular folklore and it's one that will probably continue on throughout the century yeah um so you mentioned like have there been any movies or cartoons that you know about made about the jersey devil Mm -hmm. i have never seen any personally have you seen any personally about Uh, the jersey devil no i really don't know that much about it i mean this is kind of what i've heard from you is like the most i've ever heard about it but then again I didn't grow up along the East Coast or anything, so. And maybe there is more about it, I guess, because where we live. Now, I, I know it was featured in the X-Files, um, and that's kind of all I know. But when they did feature it, I think it was more human-like, but it really didn't go into the whole, like, they, I don't know how they portrayed the Jersey Devil, it kind of makes me wonder if, like, around that time period, if somebody had brought over, like, an exotic pet or something, and it, like, escaped, and because, you know, exotic animals weren't as well-known back then, maybe people saw that and then just thought that's well, what it was. In my note, and um, when I was trying to research on the Jersey Devil, a lot of the information is repetitive, but there were some that stated that, like, even Napoleon, I believe it was Napoleon's brother, he was over here hunting, and he noticed, he saw something, and he noticed the Jersey Devil. Oh, okay. But it really didn't go into detail. Hmm. I will say, like, I would not be, some people speculate that it's a creature from ancient you know, from the past that somehow survived all the way into the present, which who knows, possibly. Yeah. <laughs> but, I um, mean, I, I think 
everybody has their stories, especially when you go into like wooded areas. There's always kind of that fear of like something watching you or being tracked by something and not just wild animals or people. But, you know, we got our Bigfoots, we got our Sasquatches, our um, the Jersey Devil, Mothman. Let's see. What are some other ones? Chupacabra, like all of those. The hot dog. I think that's what it's called. <laughs> So you got a lot of different legends. The Frogman. But what? I forgot what that was. Yeah, you just got a lot of legends where, like, you see something or... But, you know, it could have been when this happened in 19... Um, What was that? Nine, what did I say it was? 17. 1906? Oh, yeah. Hold on, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, January 16th. I'm sorry, not 1906, 1909. It could have been mass hysteria, you know, something flying around snatch some dogs snatch some chickens and next you know everyone's just speculating and the newspapers you know they were competing with one another at the time so maybe everyone was kind of like oh it had wings and then it had goat legs and then it had the head of a horse and you know everyone's throwing it on top of one another and next you know all of a sudden we got this story about a lady from 1735 giving birth to a devil and this must be the devil yeah, and I mean, for all we know, it could have been just a big bird. Or maybe something, maybe something kind of prehistoric flying about in the area. And everyone's like, what the heck is that? That would be very interesting, especially if it was something prehistoric. Well, again, like, you know, it's kind of like those scientists who thought that fish, um, I'm not going to be able to know the name, guys, sorry. But that fish, they thought that was extinct. And then when all of a sudden that fish showed up, they were like, what the hell? You're supposed to be dead. Be a fossil. Or like giant squids. Like people don't, you don't see those very often. But when you do, it's always kind of freaky. So maybe there's some land animals that are supposedly extinct, but still hiding about in their part of the forest. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of talking about the East Coast, my story also deals with the, that area, but it's with Western Pennsylvania. Ooh, Pennsylvania. So mine is the Tommy Knackers, and it's spelled Knockers, but everything I've read says it's pronounced Knackers. So that's how I'm going to say it, Tommy Knackers. Um, it originates from, well, before I begin, Cole, did you have anything else to say about the Jersey Devil? I kind of cut you off there. No, no, you're fine. The Jersey Devil, like I said, I, I I don't know if I researched wrongly, but a lot of the information I found was repetitive and everything I told you was kind of all the stuff that I found. So I'm fine with us moving on to the next section. Okay, so um, my story is from Western Pennsylvania. That's kind of where it originated from. Um, it starts in the 1820s. Um, there were coal mines there and a lot of Cornish miners. So Cornish Cornish people are from a place in England called Cornwall. And so they would travel to America and a lot of them would work in the mines because they had experience doing that. Um, So they started working in the mines in Western Pennsylvania. And with them, they brought along kind of like um, mythology about what they called Tommy knackers. And these were um, little like elf or gnome like people who were related to leprechauns or brownies. Um, they said they were about two feet tallish. They had wrinkled skin, white whiskers, um, and they would like wear like the same type of clothing that the miners wore. Oh, they sound cute. 
Yeah. Um, and so the information I got, it was off of legendsofamerica.com and then also a bunch off of Wikipedia and different sources online. So these little creatures, supposedly, they could be friendly. Sometimes they could be mischievous. Um, and they would do things like they would steal tools or they would steal food. So if something went missing, it would often get blamed on them. However, they also had a really important role because whenever, like, there was about to be a cave-in, sometimes you would hear knocking. And so that was, like, your sign that you needed to get out of the cave. And so they would say the Tommy knockers are kind of, like, warning you that you need to get out. So they're friendly little spirits. They're, like, helpful. They'll, like, they're like, hey, guys, y'all need to get out of here. You're going to die. Yes. Um, and like I said, sometimes they could be a little mischievous with stealing your stuff. But overall, they were seen as a good sign. And then they sometimes the knocking wasn't always bad. Sometimes they would knock right before you found, like, gold or, like, you hit a big ore spot. Hmm. Like, so they could be a sign of good luck as well. Okay. So it kind of, like, flipped back and forth. Yes. And um, they were looked on as so like they were well liked by a lot of the miners so much that sometimes the miners. <laughs> so a lot of the Cornish miners went from like Western Pennsylvania, which is on the East Coast. A lot of them actually ended up traveling to California on the West Coast during the gold rush because they were like really good miners. They had a lot of experience. So the mines out there would try to get them like to come over and work for them as well and bring their family as well. Wow. And um, they liked the Tommy knacker so much that they would actually make, like, they would tell the mine operators and foremans and stuff that they would have to make sure that the Tommy knackers were on site before they would even go into the mines to help. Okay. Yeah. So they wouldn't even, they wouldn't even think about entering the mines unless the Tommy knackers or Tommy knockers were in the mines. Yes. And um, there is a website and it's based in California called edcgov.us. And there was a lot of mines in that area. I believe it's El Dorado County. Um, And there's actually one where they said, like, once the mine shut down, the workers like told the people who own the mine that they also had to give the Tommy knackers permission to leave the mine so that they could go back with them to work other mines. So the owners of the mine had to give the Tommy knockers permission for them to leave or so what happens if they didn't tell them would they just be trapped in the mines? So I guess it's kind of the mythology. So they wanted them to have the ability to leave so that they could go with them. And mind you, this is just all legend. So we don't really know if the miners really believed it or if it was just like a certain type of ritual they did in order to ensure like that they still had good luck and that they would still be okay whenever they'd go into the mines. Okay. Um, A lot of them though, they would throw like tasty treats, like pastries or other stuff into the mines, like small pieces of it as like um, a thank you gift to the Tommy knackers. Can I just say, I love how like, Um, when you get a lot of people working together in a certain field, like loggers or miners, how these um, beliefs and ideologies come out. And I'm not, I'm not knocking it, but like, it's amazing how like, you know, these kind of, they kind of like form their own, like in a way, not culture, but um, mythologies. And I would say that it is part of the culture of those like jobs too. I think a lot of jobs do kind of have a cultural that come, that comes with them. 
Um, and then I wanted to say, though, it's really interesting because we see these types of like little impish or gnomes or leprechaun like creatures all throughout different parts of the world, um, in particularly Europe. So we got the brownies. Th- those are Scottish. Hobgoblins are English. Um, I'm going to say this wrong. Hotija, it's spelled H-A-L-T-I-J-A, which are in Finland. Alvins, which are in the Netherlands. Um, Domovi, which are Russian. So you have them like all over. Um, goblins, which are in France. Gremlins are in the U.S. And then Coblins are also Welsh. Um, do you know where Gremlins come from? Um, Originated from? Not exactly. I just saw that they were listed as being in the U.S. So Gremlins, oh, sorry guys, I'm going to branch off for a second. Gremlins originated from World War, I, I believe it was World War Two, or I, I don't know if it was World War One or World War Two. I do know it was World War Two when um they when they whenever like something would go wrong with the plane or like tools would go missing, they'd be like, oh, a gremlin must be kind of like running about, and there was actually posters made kind of like, kind of like about gremlins. And so you can kind of see how the gremlins relate to the Tommy knackers because that was the same kind of. Like, not necessarily that things would go wrong, but, like, that tools would go missing or things would go missing. They would blame it on the Tommyknackers. Or if they heard knocking and they thought a cave-in was about to happen, they would blame it on them. Um, I do want to say, I did read in the research that the knocking sound that's actually heard, because you actually do hear a knocking sound, they said it's, like, the limb, the timbers that are in the mines holding them up creaking as, like, like stuff shifts around in theirs. I'm I'm kind of sad that we still don't have that today. Could you imagine like I maybe I'm wrong because I don't work in that profession, but like if you were working like an oil field or like a rig or something and people still carry that kind of ideology or belief and made up like small critters or um mythical beings. I bet I bet there is some some stories especially in the oil field when you're out on a rig, like out in the middle of nowhere, I bet there are stories out there about weird stuff that happens. Maybe not necessarily good little gnome or elf creatures, but definitely I bet there are some stories. I, um, but going back to what you were talking about, I do think it's interesting how like there's a scientific, um, reasoning behind the knocking noise. And there's also the, um, the tie in with like, Oh, it's the Tommy knockers warning us when it's the wood creaking. But you know, in their in to them, it's like, oh, the Tommy knockers are making not making the wood creak, but they're knocking. I don't know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, I will. I also wanted to add in that, like, as time has gone on, um, the myth has kind of changed in some ways or evolved. Um, and so, in some areas they say the knocking, the Tommy knackers or knockers, however you want to say it, are actually the spirits of dead miners or people who have already died in the mines warning their friends and their coworkers, like, hey, you need to get out of here. You need to get to safety. Something bad's about to happen. Okay, that kind of takes away from the cuteness and kind of goes into the more terrifying of run death approaches. Yes, and then kind of even expanding a little bit off of that, Um, in these communities where mining is really common, 
there's also a belief that sometimes if there's a death, like sometimes if you hear knocking in your house, um, it's like the spirits warning you that that misfortune is going to befall you or somebody you love is going to die. Oh, no. Yeah. So I like the myth is kind of like expanded itself. That's kind of scary. So now it's like, oh, if they're in your home knocking, you better watch out. Death. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we talked about this the other day, but like we were raised kind of like where owls were seen as like an evil omen or a sign of death. Oh, yeah. And it's crazy because, you know, um, we don't really come from that culture or beliefs, but our great grandmother was afraid of owls and wouldn't like when it tolerate owls being on her property. Mm-hmm. And I will say the creepiest myth I can think of when it comes to like omens of death or anything involving death is ideal that you need to cover mirrors after someone has died just so like their spirit doesn't get trapped. Oh yeah, that is really freaky. Um, you talking about the mirrors and the um, death. Do you remember, sorry guys, again, kind of branching off uh do you remember that story we had to read in like junior high or um when we were in sixth grade about like the family who ate at the table and there was yes I always think about that yeah and then like somehow one of the cousins didn't listen and she ate from the food on the other side and then had to join them on the other side I I don't I might be wrong but you know what that actually I know that's more of like the spiritual side of things but um, that also kind of relates back to like these elves, gnomes, fairy type of things, because you always hear in the legends about fae that if you eat their food, then you have to stay with them. Well, I feel like that's always something when it comes to death or the um, another world, like the fae's world. It's like anytime you consume something that's not from the world of the living or from the human world, you are now essentially like binding yourself to that other realm. I just think that food is such an interesting aspect in the myth because then you see it again, like where they were giving the small foods and treats to the Tommy knackers to keep them happy, to keep, to appease them so that they will like, good luck will stay with them. Well, you know, that's really popular over or it used to, well, not, I'm not going to say used to be, but it was like really popular in a lot of tells over from Europe is like, if um like you said the brownies and I think there were some other ones like at the mill there were little um like similar brownie or what are they like elves mm-hmm. or spirits that would um work and you would leave like a like a small dish of milk out for them or but like if you acknowledge their presence like with clothes or something they would leave they would disappear but leaving small offerings of food like even with a brownie um they would um accept it and they would take it and then talking about the brownies because in that myth it's like they're helping to clean the home or to do little chores stuff like that um in the tommy knacker myth they also do help the miners do work like they're they're working along alongside the miners so maybe it's kind of like uplifting for the miners and you know for other groups of people who have to work in a certain area maybe it's kind of uplifting to think hey um I'm mining and I'm not alone I'm working and this little critter's working with me yeah I think so I think that's kind of what it is too like it's just an uplifting tell um I did want to say 
let me see. So I don't know if we will ever review it, but I watched this movie a long, long time ago. Like I want to say maybe eight years ago called Absentia. Do you know what that is? No, I do not. So Absentia, it's like where if someone goes missing after seven years of them being missing, you can get them um, categorized as dead in Absentia, which means dead without like a body or being found. That's sad. Um, and in this t- in this movie, it kind of deals with the Fae in a way. In this movie, this girl goes to see her sister, and her sister's husband disappeared like seven years prior. So her sister is going to get him, him like declared dead in absentia, um, and then she's pregnant, and she's going to marry her husband, who happened to be like the cop slash detective that worked on his case. Well. The sister used to have a drug problem. The one that's visiting her pregnant sister who's declaring her husband dead. Mm -hmm. And she's just there like to visit her sister and because her sister's pregnant just to be a part of the family. And while she's staying with her sister, she goes running every day. Well, there's a tunnel that people can bike through and run through right near her sister's house. And she noticed one day while she's running, doing her normal run, that there's like this really skinny person like crying outside of it like leaving a bunch of coins outside the little tunnel and this person just seems devastated and so she thinks it's very weird but she just kind of ignores it and continues on her way well she ends up I don't know why but she ends up also taking like an offering to the tunnel just to do it and so she leaves this offering to the tunnel and then she gets something back in return and so she does, she does it again, not thinking that this could be anything malicious, but it turns out that whatever spirits are in that tunnel or whatever fae or whatever's there is like really malicious. And so it keeps wanting her to give it stuff, and, but she doesn't want to mess with it anymore. So what it gives back to her is her brother-in-law. He what? Back after seven years, he's super scrawny. He's super thin. He's in like he looks sick, and it's like he was being held in like another dimension in that tunnel by like yeah. whatever fae spirits are there, and it like it upturns their world. But she doesn't give the spirit anything back for giving it her brother-in-law back, so it takes her sister. And she's standing in the tunnel. This is the end of the movie, so spoiler alerts. She's standing in the tunnel, begging it to give her her sister back. And this is after like so many terrible things have happened. And so she's begging and begging and guess what it gives her? The baby. Mm -hmm. But not the sister. Yeah. And the baby's like not, not ready to be born yet. Oh, oh, so not even a live baby. No. Why is this creature so terrible? This just, that's just it. How is it going to give you the um, brother-in-law back alive and then it's going to be like, I'm going to take this pregnant woman. They both die. Here's the dead baby. Yep. That's just that's just how the movie went. But if you ever mm-hmm. get a chance, I would say just watch that movie. It's pretty It's pretty weird. It's pretty odd. I don't, I'll think about it. I'm not a big fan of dead babies. I want to say, okay, when I was researching the Tommyknockers, getting back to that Tommyknockers, um, there was a myth I came across that I thought was so, so cute. It's not the myth that I thought was cute. Um, it's just kind of like the way the public reacts to it. 
in Iceland, they believe in like their little elf folk too. So much so that there have been like projects that have been planned, like development, development projects where they plan on building buildings and stuff. And if they think that like the rocks they're going to disturb or housing any of these little people, they won't build there. And you know, it's funny you say that. I think in Ireland, it's this, I don't know. So forgive me guys. I didn't do research, but I've heard from other people and read that like, they'll avoid certain plots of land if they believe like the fae reside there. Mm-hmm. So, but I think they do it more out of fear than like, Oh, we don't want to disturb them. They're more like, we don't, we don't want to, we don't want to make them mad. <laughs> I just want to say, I really think it's interesting that so many different cultures have like these, like these myths about the little people or the good people or like fae creatures just because, like, we see a bunch of it, like, um, in Europe. And we see it in places where, you know, there was colonies, like, European colonies. However, when we were doing a lot of our research into American folktales, there were so many Native American myths that also kind of dealt with little people or, like, fae-like creatures. We didn't go into any of that because we didn't really feel like that was our place. But I did think it was really, really interesting how, like, you have this stuff throughout all of the world. Yeah, and it's so surprising how they all connect and how they all share similarities. But each one is different in its own way. Mm-hmm. So um, I while we were talking, I was doing a little bit of research, which is Wikipedia, guys. So take it with a grain of salt. But um, so it says, going back to branching back to the Gremlins, it says the gremlin is a mischievous folklore creature that causes malfunctions in aircraft or other machinery. Depictions of these creatures vary. Often they are described as or depicted as, I don't know why it says animals, but it says as animals with spiky backs, large strange eyes, and small claws frames featuring sharp teeth. And there's a World War II gremlin-themed industrial safety poster that says gremlin think it's fun to hurt you. Use care always. <laughs> I think that's just super interesting. And I know, like, eventually we probably will watch the Gremlin movies. We're not doing it this month, but um, I think we're going to watch one of them around Christmas time. Yes, it's the best Christmas movie. <laughs> I didn't even know it was a Christmas mute, uh, movie. Yeah, it's like, it's, it's like a fun combination of holiday and murder you know <laughs> that's something you always want at your christmas time Murder. yeah and, and then we um hey we'll even have krampus in there if we decide to watch that movie and that kind of ties to like um he i know he's not a fairy guys but like he's kind of like a mythological like kind of similar to fairy fairy kind of like a large that's kind of a mythological being who also has elves working for him yeah, but they're terrifying. The elves? Yeah, I think the elves are scary. Like, that... Krampus is not nice. Well, well, Krampus isn't, but the elves that work for Santa Claus? I always thought they were friendly. Well, who's to say? They never really interact with humans or children. <laughs> Maybe there's a reason for that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they're the scary ones. Maybe. So, um, those were our folktales from america so i guess if you guys want to let us know what you think you can always reach us at our email at shrieks and shiver 
podcast at gmail.com. Let us know. And next week, we will be reviewing what well, we'll be watching next week. And then our episode will be reviewing The Leprechaun from 1993. Yes, there have been a lot of Leprechaun movies. Oh, so many. The first one from 1993. And we'll be giving our thoughts on that one. Yeah, so please tune in next week. And thank you for joining us this week. Yes, and um, this episode is a little bit shorter than our other ones, but that's just because it's it's just one where we're talking about the folk tales we found interesting. Also, one of us is on call, me, and it's pulling me away, so sorry. <laughs> um, well, thank you guys, and like I said, if you want to give us any recommendations or if you want us to review a certain movie, you can always make suggestions at shrieksandshiverpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, like if y'all want us to do it, um, we try to do every month is themed. So if you think um, a movie would be good for that month, or if you think a month, you think of a theme for that month, let us know. Yes. Alrighty. Thank you so much. Uh, tune in next week. Bye. Bye.